Welcome to Free Burn. This is Matt Ballard, your host. This is the podcast where we talk all things mental and behavioral health in the first responder community. Real life firefighters, police officers, EMTs and paramedics, clinicians, and doctors. It's time we have the real conversation and burn the stigma behind first responder mental health, one podcast at a time. And welcome back, folks. This is Matt Ballard, Freeburn 2023. Today, we're sitting down with Nate Sturm with the Popka Fire Department. Uh, Currently holds the rank of district chief. He's married with two children. And uh, welcome, brother. Welcome to Freeburn. Thank you, man. Listen, you know, I wanted huge fan. Um, I've been following you for a little bit of time now, and I know over the past couple of months we've got to speak, but I'm just a huge fan of what you're doing and what you're supporting. Um, I support you a hundred percent. I've had an opportunity to listen to a free of your, a few of your podcasts. I love it. And I know you're now connected with next rung and just honored and humble, very humble to that. You've asked me to play a little small part in what you're doing, man. So I just wanted to say thank you. And um, before we even get started, you know, one of the biggest things I'm, you know, a man of faith, and Amen, I just look, I just look back through my life um, from childhood with loss and abandonment and to all the things that have transpired through my going on 49 years of life. I just have to give all the credit to Jesus, man, because, you know, without him, I would definitely not be where I'm sitting today um, and doing the things that I'm doing. And I'm just very grateful. And I, I owe him all the credit and all the glory. I'm right there with you, brother. Same for me, man. I mean, I know that uh, all the st- uh, struggles and stuff that I've had in my past, uh, he's the rock and he's the foundation, man. It's brought me through it. So amen to that. I know exactly what you're saying and what you mean by that. So it's always good to have somebody on the other side, man, that, that feels the same way. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, and it's times where, you know, I didn't realize it while going through the storms of life. But every time I came out of it, man, there was no denying that God had his hand in it. And um, I'm just extremely grateful for that. So anyhow. Yeah, 100%, brother. I know exactly what you mean and what you're saying. Uh, He is definitely the foundation of of my life and of Freeburn, too. So, yeah, I've seen him open up doors and do things, man, with my life. It's it's amazing. And there's no denying that it's a God thing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure, brother. Well, cool, man. I mean, we've talked, I can't tell you how many times just, just bullcrapping on the phone. Right. And just yeah. uh, learning a little about a little bit about each other and uh, you get to become better friends over the phone. And uh, we'll be meeting probably pretty soon here at the Dagum fire conference. It's coming up. What in March, right? Yeah. March, man. I'm excited. <clears throat> um, I didn't realize you were there. We talked about, it. I didn't realize you were there last year. Um, yeah. But you know, over the last, I'd say, I don't know, four or five months, man, we've been in contact, um, been trying to get this scheduled and, you know, life and everything else, but, uh, we've had many opportunities to talk with each other and it's, it's been awesome. And now I'm just, I'm ready to meet you in person, bro. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be some good stuff. Uh, mutual friends, several mutual friends, actually that, you know, that I met last year at dadgum and then just kind of another one of those God things, right. Was been put in my life that, uh, have made an impact and, um, kind of pushed free burn forward and giving us opportunities to be able to go down the dead gum this year and uh have a booth set up down there so i'm excited about that man it's going to be the first real kind of uh 
thing that we've done outside of podcasts and just local stuff. So I'm I'm super excited about that to be able to share a little bit more about Freeburn across the state of Texas. So it's going to be Amen. some good stuff. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, cool, man. Tell me, tell us a little bit about uh your fire department, man, like the size and kind of how y'all run things down there. You're in Florida, right? Yeah, I'm in Florida. So yeah, we're in Apopka. We're, we're literally just, um, west of Orlando. Um, pretty, pretty big city We're you know, when I started, we were only four stations. We're six. Now our staffing is over 130 guys and gals. Um, we run an engine company and an ambulance out of uh, most of our stations. Station one is our bigger, bigger house. We run a uh, we run a truck company, a heavy rescue, and we actually run two front run ambulances out of there just because the uh, the amount of calls that we get there, it's pretty busy. Um, some good things are happening, man. We're we are booming right now. We're building our sixth station. We have six. They're living out of a trailer right now, but the sixth station is being built right now. Mm -hmm. Um, my entire career, I spent the majority of my career as a Lieutenant. Um, I was almost 13 years as a Lieutenant. And back when I was a Lieutenant, we were two man engine companies. Mm -hmm. So it was just me and the engineer. Um, since then we, um, have added additional manning. So now we're three man engine companies, uh, one of the bigger changes we had is we used to have a two-man truck company okay. that used to jump that used to jump from the truck to the heavy rescue, and now we have a three-man truck company and two-man dedicated to the heavy rescue. So we're doing okay. a lot, man. Hopefully, down the road we get to um, uh, four four manning. You know, four people on the trucks. Uh, that's one thing they're looking forward to. We're, we've got another hiring process come up. We probably run. I don't know the exact numbers last year, but I want to say as a city as a whole, between twelve and thirteen thousand calls. Okay. Um, for the city, um, that's pretty busy. Good. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. We catch. We still catch. Uh, you know, good structure fires. You know, obviously, a lot of what we do is EMS. We're really big and really uh, proactive when it comes to EMS, but we're also on the fire side, same as well. We've always been aggressive. Um, and and doing some good stuff, man. It's I'm. I'm my entire career, like I said, I'm I'm hitting twenty. I just hit twenty three years this month. This month is twenty three for me. Yep. It's it's been an amazing ride. Um, some great things are happening, and, and just I'm the tail end of my career. I'm seeing some things I actually never thought that would happen. So I'm yeah. just it's it's awesome. It really is. Good. That's good stuff, man. Same here. I mean, I'm a lot of people know that I'm this. I'm in my twenty third year. Just started it in January. So, uh, yeah basically a, a firefighter paramedic for all those years i just promoted <laughs> to engineer so yeah um tailboarding it man for a long time we, we kind of rotated in our in our department for a long time we didn't have drivers we didn't have lieutenants we had captains and battalion chiefs so uh we just kind of rotated around so we got a little bit of everything as far as riding positions and stuff like that and driving but yeah uh, and I, I so i just got same thing so i we call our our battalions our district chiefs. So that's our yeah. title. We're district chief. Um, I'll be how two long, years. How long have you been in that spot? Two two years. Almost two. So in May it'll be two years. Okay. So so like I said, the majority of my career, um, I waited until I was probably six years in when I made engineer. Uh, 
nine years in when I made lieutenant and then it was just literally less than two years ago that I made DC. So do y'all not have captains? No, well, we have a captain now. So my entire career before when I became district chief, our city got so big that we, we used to only have one district chief that ran the entire city. The, when I got promoted, we had made the decision to put two district chiefs on the road. So I run the South side. I run, um, pretty much south side of the city, three stations. The other one runs the north side. And then we just added a EMS captain on the road with us. So now we have them, um, which is really nice because on fires, the districts are in charge of command and safety. And then the EMS captain uh, runs accountability for us. And then hopefully in October, we're looking at adding another EMS captain. So we're trying to really, with our department, we're going to mirror the north side to the south side. We're yeah. looking to add another ladder truck uh, on the north side and just kind of have north and south mirrored, can kind of run their same deals. If someone's out, they can cover and bump up. So it's it's cool, yeah. man. The growth the growth is amazing. So it's it's a really good time to be in right now in Apopka. Yeah, that's good stuff. We're growing steadily too. Uh I mean we're still just one one station, one department, you know, uh 30 guys so we're looking to add hopefully six more guys with a with a within this next year or two so we're we're growing it's slow but i mean we're a small city you know right on the outskirts of dallas but um it's always good to see growth you know not only on the fire side but what we're going to talk about here in a minute more on the pier side too so absolutely uh, yeah i mean it's things are changing so we just have, we just have to be willing to change with with those things you know so absolutely uh, with that let's talk a little bit about peer do y'all have a peer program through y'all's department or how does that yeah. work for y'all yes we do um fairly new um i want to say man they'll probably kill me if i get this wrong <laughs> i want to say i said i want to say within the last five years is when we really started establishing a peer support program mm -hmm. you know i come from that old cloth um when I started the fire service, peer support wasn't even thought of. Mm -mm. Um, we not only was it not even thought of, you never talked about the calls. There was just nothing around it. And, and you know, I look back at that time and, and it's not something that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a huge. Let me back that up and saying I, I support mental health so much because I see the need and there have been a couple of occasions in my life that really have stressed the importance of having those people around. Um, so I'm a huge proponent, huge supporter. I'll do everything I can to put that on the forefront. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to talk about it. When I was a rookie and the first, man, 10 years of my career, man, you were you were more wasn't like pretty much encouraged to shut up, but you were encouraged to shut up. Yeah. And it, yep. and it really just wasn't something that we talked about. And and I'm not, I'm not bitter about it towards the old school because the old school didn't know. Yeah. But now the, the, my philosophy going forward is now we know, not only do we know, but now we have statistics that back why we need this. Yeah. So now it's 
on us and we're the ones that are going to be held accountable if we don't put this at the forefront if we don't promote this and push this so everything that i've learned now um you know i have a background i was took several peer support classes several critical incident stress management classes uh one thing a lot of people don't know um about five years ago, I was looking, you know, I'm, I'm towards the tail end of my career. I was looking at some different things, uh, got really influenced by some outside chaplains. And I was looking at becoming a, a chaplain in the fire service when I retired. Yeah. So I, I went and, you know, I, I mentored with somebody and then I went and took uh, my training for it. So I received my training to be a state uh, certified uh, fire chaplain. And so it's always been on my it's always been on my brain. It's always been something that I knew there was a need for. And I know we'll get into it deeper, but it's kind of funny because all of this training, and I, and I say that to highlight this, all of this training that I received in peer support, all of the training I received in critical incident stress management, all of the training I received in chaplaincy prepared me to help others. Mm-hmm. But when the moment came, when I dealt with my deal, I didn't know how to take care of me. Yeah. And that, and that, and I was so focused on others that not knowing how to take care of me ended up really flat out destroying me. Yep. And yep. It, and it's, it's, um, try to not get emotional about it at times because I just, I look back at some of those situations, man, and it was, it was rough. Yeah. You know, it's and real, it's, man. It, it's real and it's rough. It's real because, you know, man, 23 years in, man, I'm, <clears throat> I bust my butt. I'm hardcore. I, I believe in the fire service. I'm, man, I give every, I, I give and gave a lot to the service. Yep. And I never, and I never would have imagined in, a million years that it would have been me being the one that needed the help. You know, here I am preparing my life. Oh, even looking at retirement to go into chaplaincy and help others and, and never in my wildest dreams would I feel, dang, dude, you're the one that needs some help right now. And who's helping you? Yep. hundred percent. And you know, dude, I, I see that more and more. It's like, you don't choose it, right? It chooses you. Absolutely. You go, when you go through things, you know, and like for me, uh, you know, when I went through my stuff, man, I, I didn't know what the heck was going on, right? I mean, it scared the crap out of me, man. I was having suicide ideations, never dealt with anything like that before, and it rocked my world, right? So it was a little bit, it was a little bit different for me than it was for you because. I didn't know what was happening with me, right? And then once I got through it, it was like I wanted to know everything that had happened to me. And I was going to try to learn as much as I possibly could through the mm. different trainings and stuff like that. And that's what prop propelled me, so to speak. But, yeah, I mean, it, even with that, you can still miss it. Perfect example, you, right? All that training and everything. And sometimes you don't even see it in yourself when it's happening to you. And that's the scary part of it, you know. That's it. It's it, it, not only is it scary, 
but it creeps up on you so hard, man, that when you finally realize, and I know we'll get into a lot of this, but when you finally realize it and you look back and you're like, daggum, man, how did I get to this point? Yep. Like it, it is scary to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Been there. And I know, brother, I know it can be tough. You know, everybody has their, has their own stories and their own journeys and stuff like that. But, you know, um, they all seem to resonate on the core, core stuff that happens to you. You know, the things that happen are a little bit different, but how it affects you mentally is basically the same way. Right. It's like the first time I really recognized, um, the need, you know, I, I think, what I love to stress to people about our profession and mental health, you look at the world today, every person in this country deals with some form of mental health. Mm-hmm. And these are just your casual bankers, teachers, like, and not to say that any of these any of these professions aren't needed and and don't bring on their form of stress, but sure. life in itself with with finances, relationships, children, that's a lot on its own. And now you couple that with our profession, what we see on a on a day in day out basis eventually something will get you sure it's yep. it's not the, the 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 word is not if it's when mm-hmm. um and we and we all have this cup and your cup is different than my cup you know there your cup may take three quarters until you finally realize uh-oh i need something my cup may be half or my cup need may just start to overflow until i realize but it will happen and that incident happened with me um you know, the first time I really recognized that, you know, my wife and I went through a really hard time back in 2017, 2018, man. And, and divorce was on the cusp. Um, dude. And that's why I I tell you, man, like God is so good. Um, he so restored our marriage, you know, my wife, man, she, (laughs) She's the rock, bro. Man, she yeah. she she is my rock and I and I I can't tell her that enough and give her enough praise and credit for who she is in my life because you know, in this this last incident and we'll talk about it, you know, I experienced a line of duty death. Yep. We lost a brother, tragic incident. Um I was DC and man, without my wife Dude, yeah, she's my rock, bro. She's my rock, and and I I owe her, and and God, I thank God every day for bringing her into my life, man. Because she ultimately, man, was, you know, what people don't see is they don't see the behind the doors, mm-hmm. and and she dealt with everything that I was going through. My family was going through. My family was seeing it firsthand. They were living it with me, man. Yep. And my wife is amazing, dude. Amazing. Something that uh, you know, we just did this fire life presentation here, here in uh around around the Metroplex for a couple of different fire departments. And it 
focused on family life and how important that, you know, that family aspect of it is whenever we're going through the things that we go through. Right. And it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And, uh, one of the, one of the ladies that I met through different trainings and stuff like that, uh, works for a local fire department here. She's a secretary there, but, uh, she, she kind of spearheaded that whole thing and the fire life thing. And we did it and dude, it was amazing just to be able to recognize the wife end of it or the significant other end of it and kind of show their aspect of things and how, how, you know, how it affects them outside of the mm -hmm. firehouse thing. So, I mean, a lot of people don't see that, right? I mean, you go to the firehouse with your brothers and, you know, you put on a certain face and we hide things very well. And, uh, you're going to come home eventually. Right. And that's, yeah, usually, and that, where, that's usually where it pours <laughs> out. So, and that's, yeah. and that's exactly what happened, man. I was putting on that face and I was walking yeah. into work and, you know, I've had people after I had come through everything and started talking about where I was and, and, and getting outside help and, and going to some counseling. Some people were mind blown because they're like, dude, I've known you for, God knows how long, and you were the one that's always uplifting and encouraging, and you were like the voice of reason, and you're so stoic in the way you carry it and whatever. And they they don't see that man because the moment I walked out that door, when I was going through my stuff, it was literally the moment I punched out. Yep. That's when when we get into it, I'll talk about it. But that's when the anxiety and the depression and the guilt and the responsibility and all these emotions literally the moment I clocked out. Yeah. And I brought, and I brought all that home. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's break into your, your journey a little bit, man. You know, kind of where it started for you. Um, I'm super excited, obviously to hear from a district chief or battalion chief, basically what we're going to call you here in Texas, but a district chief end of it. Right. Because it sounds like to me that that buy-in from the top down in your department is there. Right. And a lot of departments struggle with that. You know, you got district chiefs or battalion chiefs or even head department head chiefs or whatever you want to call them. Uh, not saying that they're not bought in on it, but, you know, it's just a little bit different for them. You know, a lot of like the assistant chiefs and department chiefs, they're not running calls like we have. You know, they probably have throughout their career, but um, it's just something new for them. Right. It's a new change for them whenever you start talking about peer, peer support stuff. and the anxieties and the depressions. I know that they probably have done with dealt with it at times in their career. So they, it, they need to have that buy-in just as much as the guys from the bottom up do. Right. It's very important for that. So it's, I'm excited to uh, know that you being a BC or a district chief. Um, I want to hear that, that end of it, that perspective of it. So yeah, let's break into to your journey a little bit and just kind of go there. Yeah. So Man, um, and just to echo what you're saying, you know, I've always been that guy. I've always been that guy. I'm very open, uh, maybe sometimes to a fault. You know, I'm very trusting in people, but I'm very open. And, and I've never been that guy who's ever been afraid to show my emotions. Mm -hmm. um, I can get emotional pretty quick. Um, I'm sure talking about this, I've already, I know I've already caught myself a few times. Um, but yeah, man. So, you know, my journey started, so let's just, we'll just back up. So in May of 2022, um, that's when I became a district chief. Yep. 
as a lieutenant, I've always took extreme pride in my position. I've always, every role that I held in the fire service, I always, I've always took extreme pride and, and care for my brothers and sisters in the service. And then when I became a lieutenant, that responsibility grew. Um, it didn't matter what happened to anybody. I was always that guy was, that was like, man, what could I have done differently? Like, why, why is this happening? What could I have done? I always took that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to, you know, 2022, I got promoted to district chief. Um, I got moved to a new shift. Mm -hmm. I got a whole new crew. I spent the last 13 years on the same shift, same guys, gals. Um, I, not that I didn't know these people, but I wasn't living with them for 24 hours. You know, they, sure. they, these weren't the, the, the men and women for 24 hours that I was sharing everything with. So this was a, a new journey for me. Well, two months later, we, uh, we had this incident happen, man, June 30th. And, um, One of my brothers, Austin, you know, we had just, he had an assignment, you know, they got asked and it was asked by me to his lieutenants and they were to pick up a trailer and he got hurt. Yeah. And I'll remember that day in this time period, it'll, it, it'll never fade from my memory, man. It is on my mind every day. Uh, there's not a moment that goes by that I don't think about it. And, um, I remember the call over the radio, his partner, I was sitting in my office. I was literally across the street from where they were. And it was one of those blood curdling calls on the radio for help. Yep. Um, Austin, Austin had gotten injured and, um, it was hard, you know, he, it, it was hard and, that's where all of this started, man. You know, so he he lived for two weeks before he passed. Right. And during that two-week period, man, it was... I had this anxiety, man, that was starting to creep on me. And I remember one day, it just... On the way to work, and man, it just hit me, man. It was like... I started fear and this is prior to him passing when, when the, when the anxiety started hitting and, and a lot of, a lot of responsibility was being pressed upon me mm -hmm. and I hit it well, man, I hit it well, but I just remember coming into work and, you know, there were several of us on scene that day. And for that, two weeks, man, I was so embedded and engrossed in checking on my people day in, day out, multiple times throughout the day, constantly on shift. And that's where the decline started to happen. Yeah. Um, fast forward to July 15th, you know, we were we had received some news that week that we thought things were going well for him. And, um, we were doing a workout that we had created for him and our entire crew, everybody that was involved that day. 
um, was doing that workout and we just finished the workout and we were, man, we were in good mood. We were in good spirits. And, um, I just remember sitting at the dinner table and two of my administrative chiefs walked in and I saw the look on their face and they called me into the office and they, they told me, and man, I just lost it. Yeah. I lost it, dude. I lost it, man. And my crew knew because, dude, I didn't hold back. They were, I was in my office, they were in the kitchen and, and they knew, man, it was like, it was known. Right. Um, and, and that's when the, God, the anxiety multiplied even greater, man. It, and it wasn't even a healthy anxiety. You know, I talk about healthy anxiety when I first became a paramedic and you're running your first calls you got that anxiety, you know, and you work through it and whatever. No, this anxiety was a totally different. Anxiety. Yep. I was, I was so worried about my people that I literally, it was bleeding into my, my job. It was bleeding mm -hmm. into the way I was leading my people. Like it was literally, you know, Hey chief, can we go train on this? And I'd be like, I want to say no. Mm -hmm. And I caught myself several times. Like, Nate, you can't do this, man. You got to let him train. Like, come on. Like, so anyways, man, I, I, I dove into some bad areas. Um, I struggled with drinking in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and that came back. So I at was, that uh, time, brother, I don't, I don't want to interrupt your story, but I just want to know real quick at that time. When that happened, what did your department have for you as far as like any kind of help outside agency help or was it just it, it was something that happened and you just had to go with it kind of thing? You know, I can look back and there were things I wish that were done differently. Mm -hmm. um, the night he got hurt, we actually we all stayed on shift that day. Yeah. Nobody wanted to go home. But to be honest with you, when you look back at that, if 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 something like this were ever to happen again, we should have been, we should we should have been sent home. Yeah. Um, and I'm not knocking because man, our department did not handle this. This this is no department ever expects to go through this. Yeah. And nobody and nobody is prepared to handle this. Period. Mm -hmm. Um, so peer support came in. Um, and for that two weeks. And even when he passed, peer support was available. Uh, not only was peer support available, we had an outside. Um, we work, we have a college here, UCF, you know, uh, University of Central Florida. Okay. They have, an, um, they have an amazing first responder mental health program called uh, UCF Restores. Okay. It's, it's free, free for first responders that was made available for us. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I didn't take advantage of it cause I was like, I got this. Yeah. You no, know, I got this. I can handle this. I got it. Focus on my people, focus on my people. Um, but little by little was I just chiseling away at myself. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, th there were, there were resources available. We actually had outside departments that, um, I just remember firefighters from surrounding uh, departments that showed up. They were 
Some of them had received counseling through UCF Restores. They were speaking on their experiences. Um, so yes, there was a a push for that. Um, but then again, like I said, man, it's very hard for you to admit you need that help. It's very hard for you to admit that you could talk. And it was kind of funny is because the group of us that were on that scene that day, this bond had been created mm -hmm. and there was nobody within our department or with whatever that could understand what the complexity and, and the, the, just the magnitude of what that was. Yeah. And so we were, we were really all just kind of almost pushed away from the outside and stayed in our little. Sure. I can group. see that. I can see how that happens. It, sure. it happened. It happened. And like I told you, man, I was, I was, I was just so, I was just so engrossed in that. Like, it just consumed me, man. I was just so worried about them and, and so worried about their well-being that that's all I did, man. I was literally 24-7 on top of my people. Um, yeah. And I was hurting, man. I was I was hurting and these emotions were coming and this anxiety I never dealt with before and this guilt and all these things were just level a thousand, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I started drinking again, you know, and it's so funny. This is how great my wife is. <laughs> she knew it. You know, I, I, I thought she didn't know it, but I would wait for them to go to bed. Yeah. And I have this little man cave that I'm sitting in here now, my little fire room. I got my, sure. my gaming system. It's my own <laughs> little room, man. And. I would come in here, man, and I literally, no joke, nothing I'm proud of. Man, I was drinking a third to a half bottle of bourbon tonight. Dang, Nate. I, yeah. I was I was I was hitting it hard. And you know, it was dude, you want to talk about the worst thing you can do during a time like that? If my level of anxiety, my level of guilt and responsibility was already a thousand this pushed it to a million mm -hmm. yep. um and i i was i was drinking so heavily um it was i, I wasn't sleeping i couldn't sleep at all it was kill I, I i dude i could not sleep yeah i mean i literally could not for months months it just consumed my head and i thought mm -hmm. even drinking would help and i would literally drink to you like I told you, and it wasn't even doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and I was whole, just, that's a whole nother realm. When you start talking about not sleeping and then the drinking and everything else. I mean, that's a whole nother realm of mental health, man. As far as like not processing stuff, the way that your body is supposed to process. If you're not sleeping, dude, it's, you're on a whole nother level now. So yeah. And, and, yeah. And looking back at it, man, it's like, I never was able to have the opportunity to, to, to have some clarity and to have some, uh, you know, it really clarity is the word when you drink and you're not sleeping, your mind is unable to, 
to have a clear mind. And it was yep. really, dude, it would, that was like drinking two times in my life, man. Back when my wife and I went through our deal and that situation, I always found myself when, when the major storms of life hit me, I fell into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, well, that was I your was coping dr- mechanism, bro. I mean, yeah. And, 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 I, and dude, I've always been a man of faith, dude. And I, and I, and I've always prayed and I've always leaned on him, but I struggled, man. I had that addiction. I had that sure. addiction. Um, I'd wake up in the morning and not even wake up. I literally maybe get an hour or two of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like crap all day long. Um, go to work, put a smile on my face, come home, do it all over again. My oldest daughter, yep. she's 20, she's 22. My youngest daughter is, is going to be 13. My wife and my oldest daughter, they, they were very concerned. Um, you know, and, and I was hurt for another reason, man. And, and, and there's so much to this. Um, I truly felt alone. Mm-hmm. I was, um, you know, I just remember reaching out to many people and nobody was reaching out to me. Right. For whatever reason. And and I know people say, Hey man, I didn't realize you were going through it. I didn't realize you know, you're the one that we always looked up to. You're the one that we always leaned upon for advice and courage, you know, but I had, I had brothers that I'd known in the service for 20 years, man. Some to this day, and we're going on two years, mm-hmm. still have never reached out to see how I was. Yeah. And that really, really, really hurt me, man. Um, that's part of that moral, moral injury aspect of things, man, which is a real deal, you know, and I'm learning more and more about that now. And it's like, dude, that's real. That's that moral injury end of stuff is real. So, yeah. And, 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 you know, I just, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, one of the one things that attracted me to the fire service back in the day, I always had this, I wanted to go military route at the time. My wife wasn't about it. But I loved the brotherhood, sisterhood, camaraderie, paramilitary feel that the fire service brought. Mm -hmm. And so when I went through that situation, the people whom I thought were brothers for 20 plus years were nowhere to be found. Yeah. And it really struck me hard, man. Like it, it dug so deep. And I, and I mean, I struggled with that immensely, immensely, bro. And, you know, fast forward, my wife, man, my wife and my daughter, they were on me, you know, and, 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 you know, it's almost like for them, they're, they're walking on eggshells because they, they, they know, man, I'm volatile at this point, you know, I'm sure. I've had outbursts, uh, mo- you know, moments of anger. I, I remember moments of just getting onto my children for no rhyme or reason, dude. Getting mm-hmm. onto my wife, just being sorry, but an ass in the yep. house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and the, the, the drinking and everything else, just my home life was getting absolutely wrecked and nobody saw it, but my wife and kids. Sure. And they pushed, they pushed and they pushed and I ignored it for months. I was like, nope, I, you know, yo, you're like, you got this. Like, I got this. I got this. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I got this. Mm-hmm. Nope. Happens again, baby. I hear what you're saying. I got this. Yep. And I pushed and pushed and pushed. And in the moment that, the moment that really opened my eyes to needing help and, and, and sorry if I'm all over the place, but I, I remember. Nah, You're good. We got you. You know that. Before I say, before I say that moment, when I went through my, one thing I'll say about counseling that I was very, I had a different, differing opinion about, and it was, it was, it was jaded and it was wrong. Mm -hmm. But when I was going through my marriage issues back six, seven years ago, you know, I'm a man of faith. I wanted to see Christian counsel for our marriage. My wife went to see non-Christian counsel. That non-Christian counsel, after her first meeting with her, basically said, your marriage can't be repaired. You need to divorce this man today. Yeah. Not and cool. that yeah. when when that happened, it really soured and gave me a, a very bad taste towards the so-called secular side of things. Mm-hmm. Understandable. By the grace of God, go ahead. I said understandable. Yeah. So by the grace of God, you know, my wife and I, she agreed. We sought Christian counseling. We did it. Dude, our, our marriage was not only repaired and restored, but I mean, how it strengthened us, how it built our marriage. It just was unbelievable. So I say that in fast forwarding to this event, I was very reluctant to seek out help because of that. Yeah. And I didn't know who to seek on the Christian side um, that had history or, or experience with first responder trauma, first responder mm-hmm. mental health. Yep. But it was a conversation one night um, with a chaplain. So before I had this conversation with the chaplain, the one thing that made me decide to get help was my, my at the time, 11-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that day, man, my wife, not even saying this to be malicious. She just, we just have an open conversation. You know, my daughter used to, her prayers at night were to bring my daddy back. Mm -hmm. And she said something to my wife one night and my wife told me, and she literally, her little heart man just said, I miss my daddy. He's not the same. He don't love me like he used to. Mm-hmm. And, it, it literally won't, and I fell to my knees, bro. I fell to my knees. And I hate that I let it get to that. I hate that I didn't heed, you know, what my wife and my other daughter were saying. But that broke me, man. That was the dagger to the heart. That shook me so hard. And I remember um, 
this chaplain from Marion County um, who was getting me, you know, I mentored with to get into the chaplaincy program, picked his brain. And I, and I shared with him my concern with reaching out for help and not being Christian. And he just, he made one simple statement. And once he said it, I, I was like, received. And yep. he said, Nate, he's like, Nate, he's like, when your child gets sick, you take her to the doctor? I said, yes, sir. He's like, before you take her to the doctor, do you do a background check on all the doctors that you bring her to, to make sure they're Christian back, you know, doctors? Mm-hmm. I looked at him and I said, understood. And he was just like, Nate, you know, God puts people in this world to help us. Yep. And he said, you getting out there and seeking help and talking with someone, they're just added tools that you put in your toolbox to help you manage and get through this situation. Yep. He's exactly right. 100%. And he put it in such of the simplest term. Um, and so I did, man. I, I I reached out to the UCF Restores program, um, got involved with that, and that was amazing. Yeah, bro. That that was just. I probably did, man. I, I went through two sessions. I went through the first part with dealing with the extreme anxiety, the drinking, the guilt, the responsibility, those were my heavy, heavy, heavy issues on that first go around. And I probably, I probably did 12 sessions Mm -hmm. and we got to, you know, we got to a point where it was like, okay, cool. You're doing good. Like you're doing good. How about we follow up in, you know, three months, see where you're at. Then we'll follow up in six months, see where you're at. And then we'll follow up in a year. And then that's that. I said, absolutely. So a couple months go by and we've had some things, you know, just transpire and, and within the department and whatever. And I got hit again. Mm-hmm. And this time, not only did I get hit again, but this time it was different. It wasn't those issues anymore. Now I was finding myself in a state of depression. Yep. And it was odd because I'm like, bro, I just went through this. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. This, this, why is this come? Why, like, why am I dealing with this now? And, and I think maybe... It was there in the beginning, but it wasn't the most known reaction at the time. And once I got those other issues not gone, but controlled, right? the depression sank in. Um, <laughs> and I found myself just being very, you know, distant from everyone coming home. I wasn't working out. I wasn't engaging with anyone. And I really, and thank God for that first session, you know, first series of, of whatever, because I was quick to recognize that. Mm -hmm. And I called her right away and I was like, Hey, I know we're supposed to meet next month for my three, three month follow-up, but I really need to see you. Yeah. So I went through another series of probably six to eight weeks of sessions mm-hmm. 
just kind of recapping and going over and learning some new things. And just like I said, just grabbing tools here and there just to, to help me manage, you know? Yeah. And, um, I got through that and that was great. And then, like I said, I did my three month, my six month and, and, you know, it, it was completed the program and it was honestly the, the absolute best decision I ever made, man. Yeah. Tools in the toolbox, brother. That's what it's about. You know, we train and train and train on the fire side of stuff and physically train, you know, and everything. But it's like the mental aspect of things. We just kind of let those things play out until, unfortunately, they can grab you, right? I think everybody should have to go through counseling, man, and just deal, you know, deal with the stuff that you've dealt with all your life. Whether it's the cumulative stresses that, you know, just the bills and everything else that add up. And then you, you you throw on top of that the critical incident stresses that we have no control over, right? It's the calls that we run on every single day. Uh, those are the ones that we can't we can't control those things. And it's gonna mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're in this line of business, it's gonna happen to you eventually. You're gonna run that that CPR on a child or you know major accident with fatalities. It's gonna happen to you eventually. Those are the ones that we can't control. But that cumulative stress, that everyday stress, we can somewhat control those things, right? We just have to get the right tools in our toolbox to be able to control those. And we do a pretty bad job at doing that at most, at most times, right? It's, you can do it for so long, man. And, you know, you may be able to go a 20 year career and just cover those things up, but eventually it can grab you. And when it does, it's not good, you know? No. And, and you're right. And it's one thing I learned during those sessions too, man, you know, you know, as a child, I didn't have the, the best of life, man. You know, my parents divorced at a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of issues with my mother. Um, a lot of traumatic and scarring events as a young child that you don't realize that you carry in your life. Yep. And just there were things that really weren't ever addressed either. Mm-hmm. And it was just great to go through this this series with with her and in counseling because it really not only uncovered what I was currently experiencing, but also uncovering some things that I were bringing in. And yep. then, like you said, the the twenty plus years of being a fireman. Yep. And and finally, I I hit that rock bottom, and mm-hmm. I hit that rock bottom, dude. Like it was. Yeah, and and, I'm, and like I said, I started off, you know, looking back at it. Sometimes, you know, as a, as a man of faith, you don't understand why these things are happening around you. Um, you don't understand the adversities. You did, you know. There's a verse that talks about that, and and how it may seem mysterious, and how He has a plan. And when you're in it, it's very hard to let go. Sure, and, and see that. But I look back at as a child and through my young adult and, and adult, my career, my marriage, that event. And I look back and sometimes, man, I just remember I got so far down in that gutter and, and face down to that. When I finally got my head out of it, there was no denying that he was in it and that, that he brought me through. And I'm thankful for so much and just the people he's placed in my life. Um, yep. 
giving me the wisdom and the courage to seek help, giving me the wisdom and courage to find those true brothers in my life and, and create this intimate circle of guys that I'm now a part of, you know, brothers that dude, like amazing. And, you know, and that's kind of odd because, you know, I, I, not to change tangents, but you know, when I talk about that brotherhood and how I, nobody was there for me. Yeah. And, and oddly enough, I got a, I got a handful of guys that I'm extremely grateful for. Couple live in Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couple live in Georgia. Yep. One lives in South Florida. We are hours, thousands of miles away from each other. And over the last few years, we have built such an intimate and amazing circle um, that I needed. Yeah. And I'm so thankful because it started when this was going on. You know, that's no coincidence, bro. You know that. No, no, not at all, man. It's, and we talk about it in the group because we all have a story about it. But, you know, I could, I knew, you know, God knew what I needed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was so, and I was so heartbroken over the fact that I didn't have those brothers and what I thought, you know, here we are in a fire service. Where's that brotherhood? Where's that brotherhood? Where's that brotherhood? Like, dude, I've been with you for 20 years. Where are you at? Where are you at? And I don't understand just, that. I don't want to interrupt you, but it's like I've struggled with that for a long time, man. It's like, dude, I don't, I don't understand it. What you know, and I've, I've talked about this on different podcasts, man. It's like, what is it? You know, what has changed? Was it has it changed, or is it just something that you know? I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. You know, a lot of departments have that tight knit. I would, I would think that they do, and I hear that they do that tight knit brotherhood camaraderie thing. But when it starts coming to mental health stuff and you're on a whole nother level there, right. Is I don't know that if it's just the guys don't know how to approach that they're scared of it. Or like for me, when I went out, I was out three, three months. The first time, the second time I went through it, I was out for five months. Right. And my guys would check on me, the guys that I worked with my brothers and everything, but it was like, they didn't know what to do with me right? The department didn't know what to do with me. They didn't have resources for me. And I'm not blaming them for that. They just didn't know. It was something that we had never had to, it was a challenge that we hadn't had to, you know, be with before. So Mm -hmm. dude, I I still struggle with it's that open openness, right? And being able to say, dude, I see you hurting. And I know that, that we see each other hurt, right? I know that we do. And it's, is it the stigma that's behind it? Or is it just not knowing how to approach those situations. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think it's gotten yeah. better, but it's still there. You know what I'm saying? It's it's there. And 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 listen, I don't want. I'm not. I hope nobody takes it this way. I'm not. I'm not bagging. No. Like, I have some great friendships that I've developed through the years with, with guys in the fire service. Don't get like, dude, I, I do have many brothers and sisters in the fire service. Mm -hmm. I will tell you what I've learned recently. There's, there's a difference between the brothers and sisters. And what I'm talking about is 
the one thing that changes this, that makes this different and makes this circle that if, if you find it is getting to a level where this group is transparent, this transparent level of friendship, something we've learned, man, it, it allows for freedom. Yep. It allows for trust. It allows for safety like you this is all out no judgment everything i just talked about plus it invites accountability like these are these that group of men it's a different level man and and i'm not like i said i'm not bagging i just when i was going through that i didn't have that type of relationship with with people i had good people i have great men there's great men and women in my fire in my department, dude. I have great sure. relationships. I love them to death and would do anything for my people, bro. They're they're my brothers and sisters, and I love them to death. Just being real. When I was going in that situation, I that's what happened. I was left alone, man, and I just was very taken back by not all but certain individuals whom I broke bread with, whom I shared family time with, whom I gone through the trenches with, man, like that weren't there. And, yeah. and that was very, that was a very hard thing to, to accept yep. at the time. And, and then, you know, fast forward and during this, these, these, these men, you know, they, you know, Kevin and Shane, you know, Chris and, and Rossi, like, those back then these relationships started and you're like, eh, that's cool. You know, and that, and that was one of the big reasons why I went to dad gum last year, because I started developing that relationship with my best friend, Mark Rossi. We met in a class he taught and dude, we hit it off and we have been, you know, four or five years now. That's my best friend. Yeah. Got introduced to, um, snow Fluger, Bentley, when I was going through this event um, and these, these men were like, whom I didn't really even know it shows the character of these great men who I didn't even really know. Well, at the time, every other day, one of them's reaching out to me, call actually calling me on the phone. And we just started developing this relationship and, and it was a fire service that connected us. But what he was, what God was starting at the time is so hard to, I don't even know how to explain it, but I went to Dagum because those three individuals were very impactful in my healing, mm -hmm. in in my process. And I and I told my wife, I said, Hey baby, there's a fire conference coming up in Texas. This is who's gonna be there. I really have to go and hug the necks of these three gentlemen that I've never met in my life, but have been such a, an important part of what I'm going through. Without hesitation, she said, you need to go. Yep. And that That's was awesome, that dude. was that was the main reason. And since then, our circle has grown a little. Um, we have we it's funny, we call ourselves a tribe, but it's our Bible yeah. study group. You know, we're we're mm -hmm. great, it's great, man. We do Bible studies on Thursday night and uh we had Jason Painter's involved, Tom Hollick's involved, and and we just have this awesome thing, man. It's awesome thing. And these are some brothers that have really, really, really helped me over the last two years, held me accountable, 
uh, made me a better man, a better man of God, a better father, a better husband, better friend, better leader. I mean, you name it. These, these, these are the gentlemen that is what we're doing in this group. And I'm, I'm extremely thankful for that. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I love to hear that. I'm glad you're on this side of it, brother. I really am. Yeah, me too, man. And I, and I'm, I'm really thankful for, you know, this opportunity because I really believe I will, I will say this, man. A, don't be ashamed of your story. Mm -mm. Your, your story was written with purpose. Yep. And you, and you have to believe that. And if you have an opportunity to share in your story and share, like you said, the other side, the victory, man. D d and I, and I, and I don't, I don't want to say this in, is it still, are days still tough? Absolutely, man. Do I oh, still yeah, think dude. about it? Like it's, I don't want to overshadow that and say like, oh, I'm here. I am on this, this glorious side mm -hmm. of it. And like, I never deal with this ever. No, that's not what I'm saying. But when you, when you are able to work through it and you're able to get through it and control it, manage it, man, you owe it to your brothers and sisters to share your stories. There's someone out there that needs to hear your story. There's Absolutely. someone out there that needs to know, man, I'm not alone. Somebody yep. else is experiencing this. It is okay to talk about it. It is okay to reach out. It is okay to go get help, man. <laughs> it's okay. Yep. Like I can't stress that enough. And, and man, if you have the opportunity, you share it and you do it. And, and that's, that's what it's about, man. It's, it's leaving it better than you found it. And if you're truly passionate and truly care about the fire service and you care about the well-being, the mental well-being of individuals, then that's, you need to do your due diligence. And yeah. I'm, I'm blessed and so humbled and I'm very, you know, just very thankful for you giving me just a small piece of what you're doing, man, because I, I really hope if just one person hears this and one person reaches out, then that's what it, then that's it. It's worth that's it. What, that's, what, that's what it's about, man. That's why Freeburn does what it does, right? It's not about me. Uh, it's about journeys and stories that can have life impact on other people that need it at that time. Right. And I've seen it happen time and time again. Right. Like your story is going to be impactful, man, no matter what it already has been. Right. And you might not even know that. I know you know that. Right. But this is, this puts no, it on. I don't, I honestly, I don't. <laughs> it has brother. I promise you it has. I promise you it has. I mean, like you said, it may be one person that needs to hear your journey. Right but I've seen it happen time and time again with different podcasts and even outside of podcasts, just, you know, I know that I know that people that have heard my story, uh, that, it, that they needed to hear that. Right. And when I say on the other side of it, it's not that you never struggle again. Right. I struggle every single day. There's th there, I mean, life still happens. Right. But Absolutely. I have the tools in the toolbox now to maybe not go through it for five months, but maybe if, you know, if I, if I do have a hard time or whatever, anxiety, depression that, that kicks back up for whatever reason it is, I, I typically can get through it a whole lot faster now than I can, than I was back then. Right. Because of yeah. the tools of the toolbox. I still go to counseling. 
I still, you know, go see my counselor for whatever reason it may be, whether it's just normal life stuff or it's the bad call or whatever, you know, I just need to get sharpened back up again, whatever. Um, doesn't mean that you're, that it, just, it just stops and goes away because it doesn't. It doesn't. Life does, mm-hmm. not, life does not stop just like that. It just, sorry, no. it doesn't happen like that. And there are different levels and you're, you know, you are going to, you know, life is a, is a series of hills, valleys, yep. mountaintops. Like it, 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 it goes. And just like you said, and the thing to, to, to highlight, you know, and in distress to people, these tools, the best part about these tools, like you said, it doesn't mean that you're never going to deal with this ever again. It doesn't mean that occasionally I, I, I still get that little bout of anxiety or I still get that little bout. Like, no, that's still there. Like those, mm-hmm. those it, that it's not gone. Yeah. But the, the biggest thing is you learn to recognize that's it. that. That right there is the key to to doing well, to manage what you're going through is the recognition first. When I start to get into that funk and I start to whatever, like, I've learned to recognize it. And it's like, mm-hmm. hold up, Nate. Like, take a nope. step back. Yep. Yeah, man. Like, it's, and, I, and, I've, and I've come a long way. And even since then, I've had other storms of life approach, you know, and I'm, I'm so grateful because, you know, I, I, I've given up the drinking, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that alone has, wow. Wow. Life changing, huh? <laughs> life changing. And I'm not saying like, I, and when I talk about like, when I tell you the drinking, I drink every day, bro. Yeah. And I wasn't a daytime functioning drinker. Like that wasn't me. What it was for me was when, when the day ended, mm-hmm. I buried myself in that bottle every yep. night. And I no longer have that crutch in my life. I've, I've recognized it. I've removed it from my home. Like, I don't even tempt myself with it. Yep. Occasionally, if I go out to dinner and have a drink, a beer, whatever. Yeah. But this ain't in my life anymore. I, listen, man, I'm a, I'm a Bush N.A. guy. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll power my, my non-alcoholic bushes. I'm like, I laugh with the guys like, Hey man, I'm going crazy tonight. I got my bush in A's. I'm going to drink a 12 pack. Like, yeah, right. But whatever you got to do. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do, do, man. You got it. Yeah. And, and I'm a big, you know, I was a, I was a, a collector of bourbons. You know, I loved having nice bourbon, but to me, you know, if it's here, it gives me access and yep. I say that because God can only do so much and you pray mm-hmm. and you ask and we always seek the hand of God. But what are you doing to help that situation? Like, you know, it's not just going to be 100 percent removed. You got to take your responsibility and your accountability for the things that you do in life. So how do you how can you do that? Well, part of it for me, like I told my wife, I don't want to collect them anymore because if I collect them, they're sitting in my office. They're sitting in my room. The temptation is greater Yep. I know, I know for me, I have that addictive spirit to alcohol. Mm-hmm. So why yep. invite that in? Because, because mm-hmm. old school Nate was, Hey man, it's a bad day. Let's go have a drink. Yeah. And now it's, now it's not that it's no, I had a bad day. Hey baby, let's sit on the couch together. Let's watch some TV. Yep. 
let's hang out. Let's like, I'm, I'm really changing. Yeah. Just yep. changing my focus, man. Really, in, really being really intentional with my family, focusing on that. Um, I have during those periods, I have pushed them aside and I really, really hurt my family hard, man. And, and it's taken me a while to really understand and recognize this, but I'm doing everything in my power to, to not let that happen again. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Super cool. Um, one more question for you. All right. 20 year dude, one year dude, doesn't matter. Right. What, what piece of advice would you tell them coming in? Or like I said, a 20 year guy to what's the most important piece of advice that you would give them when it comes to mental health stuff, if they're going through it or see their self starting to go down that road. Man, I've, I wish 23 years ago when I started my career, I wish someone would have sat me down and said, Nate, you're going to experience these things. They're going to seem whatever. You're going to go through some highs, lows. Some things are going to hit hard. You're going to struggle, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to reach out. And I just tell that young kid, man, man, if you're not reaching out within the fire service, there's other avenues, there's other people, there's, there's so many resources out there today, whether it's through your church, through counselors, through whomever mm-hmm. it's out there, but don't, don't stow it. Because when I tell you this man, as 23 years in, you can collect it. And you can collect it and you can collect it. But just like it happened with me, I collected, I collected, I collected and boom. And you don't want to get to that level where boom happens because boom is destructive. Yep. Boom can end relationships. It can end family. It can end your career. Like boom is bad. (laughs) And, and man, just learn to address it, be open, develop those relationships, those friendships, find the ones that you can lean on and just don't be afraid, man. It's okay, dude. It's so okay, man. It's, it's okay to not be okay. You just can't. Yeah, man. It's got to get out of it. There's a great song like that. That's, That's exactly, it's okay to not be okay, man. It's a great song and it is, man. There's nothing wrong with it. And the more you walk in life, you're going to see that. Like, brother, I promise you, man, put 15, 20 of us in a room, guarantee you every single individual has gone through something and probably the same thing that you have. Yep. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody is exempt from it. Everybody deals with it. You just got to learn to be open, promote it. And I, and I pray these departments and I, and I do, I think we're getting better because I looking back and you're like me, man, you come from that old, that old way, but you look at the fire service today, you look at what next rung's doing. You look at what you're doing. You, you just look and you see it is being promoted 
And when we're yeah. finally addressing it and it doesn't make you any less of a man, it doesn't make mm-hmm. you any less of a woman, it doesn't make you any less of a fireman. You know what it actually, it makes you more man, more woman, 100%. more fireman. Yep. It takes a bigger person to recognize it and talk about it and reach out and be open, be honest, show the emotion. So yeah, I pray for those kids, man. I try to, I try to give that to my people too, man. Like I just, I'm not a, for like I told you, man, I've, I've cried many times at the dinner table with my people. I'm not afraid. Yep. You know, I want them, Same I want here. them to know, oh, Hey, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay sure, to yeah. get emotional. Let word. So I hope, I hope, yeah. And I hope some young kid hears that. I really yep. do. Cause I, I, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. 23 years ago that was at the forefront and somebody just took the time to sit me down and say, Hey, it's okay, brother. Yep. If this happens, we got you. Yeah. No matter Absolutely. what. Absolutely. No matter what. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you hundred percent, dude. And I think, you know, I try to ask that every, every podcast towards the end. And that's the biggest thing that comes out just about every single person says don't be afraid to ask you know if you do go through some struggles that's yeah, usually and, the and, hardest and, part is is you recognize it and then saying you know what i got i got an issue and i need help taking that step to ask for help that's a big step man but big if you step do and it, the more yeah and, and the more you have people like you yourself and and others who are so passionate about it and the more you talk about it and the more you put it on the forefront and the more you, like I said, the more you share your story, man, I will tell you all eyes are on you. No matter these people, no matter you, people watch. Oh yeah. People love this. People love to see you f- fail and, and they hate to see you succeed and all eyes are on you, man. But carry, on that. Yep. carry yourself in the right way. Mm-hmm. And and sharing this and the more people that just express this and sharing being okay to not be okay, it's it's speaking. It's speaking. I see it. It's speaking. I've seen it in my department. I've seen it with my young guy. I mean, we had on that call from the rookie, mm-hmm. not even a year on. We're talking yep. like months. Yep to that being the first major call they ever been on to myself, 23 years and all in between 10, 15, five, four, three, two years. It was a, a kaleidoscope of makeup of dudes and women that were in that group, man. So it's, it may not be 23 years. It may happen in your first month, man. Mm -hmm. You're not immune to it. Nope. I don't so care the more if you're... we share it, just get it out there, man. These young guys need to hear it. They need to see our level of uh, of example when it comes to that. And and I'll speak to those leaders in, in the fire service. You know, it's your job and it's your duty to make sure that your environment yep. invites this. It's mm-hmm. on you. I mean, yep. it's on you, man. It, it's People look up to their lieutenant. That company officer role, that's the most influential role in the fire service, hands down. And yep. if you're not if you're not creating that environment for your people, then you're doing it wrong. Yep. You're doing it wrong. It's gotta change, you man. Need, 
you got to have that serve down mentality and you got to have that. You just got to have that out there where these things are okay. It's, it's, it's got to come from these, these leaders, man. It's got to come from us. And the more it comes from us, the more we'll see positive change within the fire service. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you ever look at uh firefighter behavioral health Alliance. You ever look at their website, Jeff Dill's website. Mm-hmm. Like the, the suicide fatality rate. Yep. Yep. Dude, it's, it's just way too many, man. I mean, way too many. One's too many. One's too many. And it's like, you can see the change. I mean, there, there is some things happening, but we're still losing people. Yep. Left and right, man. You know, yep. Dallas just lost one a few days ago. Another one, you know, it's mm. just like, you know, what, what do you, what do you got to do, man? I mean, you, you can't stop pushing. You just got to keep pushing and be heard. Whatever it takes. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's you're absolutely right, brother. Her brother, Nate, I sure appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing that story. I know that takes a lot. I know it does. And, um, thank you for trusting me with that. And dude, it's a pleasure to just to get to know you as a friend. And, um, you know, I'm always here for you, brother. If you ever need anything. Yeah, man. I, like I said, I appreciate it. It's been, it's been awesome. The same, just to get to know you over the last couple of months and, Extremely grateful, man. Extremely humble. And I reciprocate those same words, man. You know, you can reach out to me anytime too, bro. Yeah, I know. I know. With that being said, anybody out there that is struggling, having suicidal ideations, anything like that, 988 is the suicide crisis lifeline. There are so many resources out there, people. Um, next rung. I mean, you name it. I mean, <laughs> if I would have just known, right, whenever I started going through it, what did you change things? Probably, maybe I'd have got through it a little bit faster, but things happen for a reason. God set me on a path, man. And, uh, he allowed the things to happen in my life that happened and not saying that he put them on, put that on me, but he allowed it to happen, right. To build me up and make me a better person. And I know that he did that. And, uh, I mean, that's where that's, I mean, here we are next free burn, right? Well, I mean, you're you with got, next wrong now. I you am got with put next on, so free burn you next are. wrong. Dude, there's people out there, man. I mean, fire strong. Exactly. There are so many different people that are doing good, man, with the with the first responder community. Um, he lets us go on those paths for a reason, man, and uh, yeah, to make us better. And here we are. So, good stuff, brother. Thank you for coming yeah. on. I appreciate you. Absolutely, um, man. Thank you so much. We'll have you back on in the, in the future, and uh, just check on you, see how everything's going. Can't Absolutely. wait to see you, Dad. Gum, gonna be some good time. Yep, I told you, save me a coin. I got you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. All right, brother. Thank thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, bro. All right, man. We'll holler at you later. Thank you. All right. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Freeburn 2023 podcast. If you or somebody you know is in crisis, reach out to the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988 or if you're looking for counseling resources, contact us at freeburn2023 at gmail.com. We'll do our best to get you where you need to be. Let's keep burning that stigma one podcast at a time.